We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to Light Ears. Andy Lou, I don't know if there is a more apt way for this season to end. Um, I, you know, anger, comedy, all the feelings are coming out right now. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kick it to you to start because, like, I, I'm having a hard time coming together with my thoughts. <laughs> like, I, I want to. Yeah, there's people I want to roast. There's people I want yeah. to thank. It's just all over the place for me right now. It's it's all over the place, and I, I try to think about what I wanted to say, but usually I just kind of go with it. You know, you know what this felt like? This game just felt like all the regular season games in one. It, it, it really did. It felt like all 72 games put into one. Everybody in here, all 188 and counting, uh, have has watched pretty much every game this season. And this is what the Warriors have done all season. Sloppy turnovers, low IQ plays, man, but they make it exciting. You get the game, they get the lead. Steph is amazing. Draymond is sometimes pretty bad, sometimes really good on defense. Jordan Poole shows some flashes. Like you go down the line, Sam, everything that happened in tonight's game was essentially this entire season put into 48, 53 minutes, right? And and came down to the last that second. That's what. Warriors, like, right, that Tillman shot reminded me of Maxi Kleber <laughs> against the Mavs. That's what that was. And you know what, Steve Kerr, not calling, t- not fouling at the end, he did that already this season, right? Wasn't there numerous times where he didn't call a timeout or didn't foul, whatever it was, right? All this stuff. It's oh, I, I have some, I have some thoughts on Steve Kerr, who yeah. still thinks he's coaching a dynasty team that can just play through it. But like, <laughs> honestly, yeah. in retrospect, are we surprised? This is how the plan went for the Warriors. This Warriors team has been the ultimate win one, lose one. They beat the Grizzlies last Sunday. I wouldn't even say it was a convincing win. I think they outlasted them and Steph got, you know, Steph was the best player on the floor. Who's the best player on the floor both games? The difference was John Morant was awful the first time they played. And tonight, Ja played like an emerging superstar and he had a better supporting cast. I don't even think he played better than Steph as much as he played close enough to Steph to where the rest of his supporting cast took over. With that said, it's just, this is who this team is. Like, I don't know why we would have ever thought the plan was going to be beneficial to the Warriors. When have they ever shown you they could string together good games against good teams? Yeah, I I mean, I'm with you there, but I think they put in an effort where it was just, what did they have? How many turnovers did they have tonight? And not just... And not just by the by the role players, right? By the two by the two stars. And then how many open shots did they make? Uh, miss. 
How many open layups did they miss, right? How many defensive breakdowns did they have? Just wide open shots. Some of it's, hey, like, John Morant was amazing. Like, he, he looked like a young Russell Westbrook when he Russell, Russell, Westbrook would make his threes. It was incredible. Um, yeah, but, absolutely. I mean, I mean, he hit, know? he hit what, five threes? He was in yeah. complete control all night. Yeah. And night. I guess I want to talk about what could Steve Kerr have done? Because to me, the Warriors just ran their same stuff, and it comes down to the fact. Okay, we're know, back. We're you back. know, not even calling timeouts in crunch time. I don't know, man. It just seemed like the Grizzlies came in with a game plan for the game, and the Warriors came in running a read and react offense right. with really only one player who's capable of playing that style. But is that on Steve maybe Kerr? two? Is that on Steve Kerr? That's that's what I ask you. I, I don't. I actually subscribe to the fact that tonight I don't think I don't think all of it was on him. I don't think much of it was on him. Right? There's only so much you could do tonight. You watch Draymond out there. Like Steph had his fair share of bad plays, but he's getting triple teamed. I almost kind of let that go. But Sam, like you watch Draymond out there tonight. How can you play like that? How? Right? It just you can't play like that as a star player in the league. He's gonna be a Hall of Famer. You, it's it's not acceptable. I was I was kind of nervous all game. I was a little bit annoyed all game. And then at the end of the regular, uh, at the end of the regulation, when he shoots that floater and it doesn't hit the front of the rim, doesn't hit the side of the rim. I honestly barely hit the side of the freaking backboard. I just all I all I did was laugh, right? Because that what is that? <laughs> what is that, Sam? You could have shot a better shot than that. And like, what is that? Oh, that's man. Steve Kerr. It's <laughs> you're defeated. You're defeated. It's just I, that stuff is. Not it's not, you're right. Like it's that's not. not on Steve Kerr. But there's also when has Draymond shown you he's going to execute that play better all season? Like it, what? But, you're just you're just you're just doing the kumbaya. If I believe in him, he's going to will it in. <laughs> like that's not coaching either, dude. That's not that. Like, but it's an open eight foot shot. <sighs> yeah, I know. But, yeah, I hear. I hear you. Space it out a little bit. Let Steph go one on one. Get yeah, draw yeah. defenders away from him. Do something other than what you've done all season. I see the mentions talking about Wiggins. I can't even get that mad at Wiggins. Wiggins ended the night what ten for twenty two. He missed key shots. Yeah, he did. He, and you know you want him to hit those shots, but at the end of the day, I don't know who was out here lying to you, telling you Andrew Wiggins was good enough to be a second <laughs> option on a team going. Through. Okay, you know what I'm saying. We, we, yeah, I'm with you. I, I'm with you on the feelings on Andrew Wiggins. I made a Harry B joke because he kind of he kind of fell apart there. At the end, he, he, he's a lot he, like he's a lot like Harrison Barnes. It's not like he it's, a little rattled it's, there. It's, it's not it's rattled. not even an insult. It's just like they're yeah. solid two way wings who are not the guy yeah. you go to when it matters. And, and he missed shots. Like he missed open shots. I didn't see him make dumb plays. He just missed them. Um, I tonight with the turnovers that Juan Toscano Anderson had. Right, some of the plays that Ken Bazemore had. I was more frustrated with those. And again, like you can't get that mad because they're role players. But my God, right? how many turnovers did we watch tonight with JTA where he looked like Draymond Light? I, I make the Draymond Light comparisons as a, uh, as a good thing. <laughs> but tonight he did all the bad things that Draymond would do. Literally, they both did it together in the same game. So, And that's what we saw all season because – what somebody tweeted that it was like four, it was like a little league game, right? It was like it was like Steph playing in middle school again, where you got four scrubs and all. Yeah, friend of, friend of the shows. A friend of the show, uh, Jason Maples was like it was like Steph and four CYO players. That's that's what they were running out there. It really and was. I just don't know a better way to I don't know a better way to describe it. Um, to me, the the bigger thing was the Grizzlies came out with serious intensity from the start, and they they came with a cohesive game plan. They were trapping Steph off the beginning. They seemed like they learned from the last game. They were even more aggressive. And meanwhile, the Warriors are just kind of trying to feel it out until we get into the middle of the third quarter. And they're just not a good enough team to do that is what it comes down to. Like, yeah, they could have won that game. A couple shots go down at the end, all sorts of things. But, like, end of the day, was there anyone other than Jordan Poole you even trusted touching the ball other than Steph Curry? Hey, I'm going to drop and a little I, optimism right now for you, though. Say, I'm going to cut you off because Jordan Poole is amazing tonight. I agree with you, but I want to give him a couple of seconds here. He looked like he's ready to play in a playoff series that matters. I, I cannot wait until next season for Jordan Poole because he was fearless at the end. Look, he had a dumb turnover, but that happens. That three that he hit, though, that puts him up one 
oh, like that. That's a Clay Thompson shot, is it not? That's a Clay Thompson shot. I mean, I mean, he's incredible. A, incredible. He's a fearless player, and and I go back to you know how kind of they wouldn't play him earlier in the year because he wouldn't execute because like he right, he right, is right, right. prone for the for trying to make the home run play, and sometimes it leads to a dumb play. But man, you got to take that risk sometimes because playing it safe with a bunch of guys like Looney and Juan Scott Anderson, both of whom who we love as players, they're good players. They serve a role, but like at a certain point, you need someone who's willing to take a risk and try to take their man off the dribble. And it was really just Steph and when he got the minutes, Jordan Poole tonight. Yeah, Michael Mulder played a, what, eight minutes that probably should have all went to Jordan Poole, but hey, I, I don't know. Real sports fans love fantasy sports, but unfortunately, most fantasy sports platforms don't show that same love back, favoring the sharks and professionals over the casual fans. Superdraft Fantasy Sports is here to change that narrative with their new single game featured champion mode contest. Focus on drafting the players you know from the games that matter to you with no salary cap considerations when determining your lineup. Superdraft believes that the players, not the pros, deserve to win money and they have the highest player... We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Win percentage and DFS to prove it. Sign up with Superdraft today. Start playing and win big. New players can use the code STEPHBETTER. Upon sign up and receive a $25 instant match on your first deposit. Also, don't miss out on their free to play sports book available in all 50 states to win prizes from a VIP stay at a Caesars Hotel property to a PlayStation 5. Superdraft is available on both iOS and Android devices. Promo code Steph Better. Look, no one's perfect. Even the best baseball players strike out with the bases loaded. The best golfers sometimes three-pot with the tournament on the line. So if you feel like you're coming up short in the bedroom sometimes, it's perfectly okay. But if it's bothering you, there are options. Go to roman.com slash now. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A U.S.-licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, it ships to you free with two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash LightYears and complete an online visit. Take care of your ED without leaving your home. Complete an online visit today to connect with a doctor and take care of it. Go to GetRoman.com slash LightYears and get $15 off your first month. Look, there's a straightforward way to take care of your ED. GetRoman.com slash LightYears. Get started now to save $15 off your first month of treatment. Yeah. Should we just should we just yeah. take this to questions? I feel like we just get this kind of just to be a sound off night. Yeah. All right, we're gonna, I'm sure we have a long line. I think we should rip through people. Yeah. Let's start. Ant, what's up, man? Hey, what's up, guys? Um, just two things here. So can you can you guys please explain to me why if there's a three and a half second split between clock and shot and you're down by three and you have Steph Curry on your team, why are you playing it down to get a get a stop to play for overtime? That gave me anxiety. Honestly, I thought 
that was one of the most egregious things that I've seen in, in about five years in a basketball game. You're talking you're talking about not trying to like pressure and get the end of OT. Out. End of OT, right? Yeah. Oh, I'm end talking of end of OT. I yep. think Poole turned it all over. It was like yep. 27 and some seconds left. Um, then the shot was at 24. You play that uh, I know, all I, okay. the way down. Yeah. I thought you were talking about the end of regulation. End of OT, even worse. I have no excuse for that. That's Steve Kerr right there. Defense first, believes he can get a stop and run off of transition. You can do that if you have Clay Thompson, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, and probably live with the results. I just don't understand why you would do that with Steph Curry. Jordan Poole is probably your second best player on the floor, and he's like, I don't know, like two months out of college at this point, something like that, right? right. And and everyone else there, I mean, great play, like great for what they are, but like they're just not players who've been there before. It seems. It seems like not reading the room with your roster to me. Yeah, man. Yeah, that was completely weird. Last thing, though, we all know that Steph is the guy. But I think, you know, watching this watching this game in particular, Draymond goes tunnel vision way too much on Steph. Like, he's such a good passer, and he's so smart. He can see the entire court. But I think his tunnel vision on Steph almost like it just makes everyone else on the court null and void. And that's why you see extra defenders always in the, always in the concepts. And um, if pool is running the clay spot, a game like this pool should be getting up between 14 and 17. Yes. So do you think, do you think, okay, let me ask you this then. What would you, what would you rather have Draymond do? Because I agree with you. He goes tunnel vision because I think he just knows he can't score. At the same time, you got to be able to – like, he had, what, 8, 10 points today? I mean, my God, there were there – were, it could have been 20 if he was just mediocre shooting the ball. He just wouldn't shoot it. But that's been going on all season. So that's not yeah. something that was new to any of us in here tonight. Yeah. Just weird, man. Maybe it's not – maybe it's not trust your teammates. I mean, some of it's, some of it's talent, but, like, yeah, to your point, um, in general – Draymond holding the ball that much and not being a threat to score is just not a good thing. Like it becomes way too predictable for teams too. Yeah. I'm with you. But yeah, Poole should have had at least 14 or 15 shots in this game. I think if that happens, I think that opens things up for Wiggins a bit more. Uh, and I think that that allows Steph to, um, you know, maybe, you know, maybe he's not getting that, you know, that, they're not going to sag off of him, but you're going to give someone else that Memphis has to kind of worry about. And just that small fraction, that's going to allow Steph to hit the Grizzlies multiple times. But um, it was just really frustrating to watch. Thanks, though, guys. It's too, I appreciate it, Ant. It's a little too much like passing up a decent shot, looking for the great shot, like looking for the home run shot at all times instead of just – taking what the defense gives you. And I get it when you have better talent, but with a roster like this, I feel like a little too gun shy sometimes. All right, we'll keep moving. Maxwell, what's up, man? Hey guys. Um, first up, I want to thank you guys for, for uh, you know, the entire year. It's been very fun. I mean, it's been uh, tough at times, but. Uh, fun, fun's, fun's an interesting word, but yeah, I, I know what you mean. Yeah, I mean, lock, well, locker room the entire year has been awesome. So thank you guys for everything. And uh, secondly, thank you, Draymond, for, for absolutely fuck all. Um, I, I thought we were getting back to 2016 Draymond. I actually, I, I actually believed him, you know, because he, he puts on Instagram, I'm going to get back to that guy. And I, I actually bought into the hype. And uh, Aaron Larsell, you know, that, that dude has came on here a couple of times. You know, he's pushed back. He's pushed back on me when I say uh, Draymond's not a good offensive player. He's like, well, you know, he, he is a good offensive player. No, he's not. He's not a good fucking offensive player. You know, because <laughs> people, he, people point to the assists he gets. He gets those assists because of Stephen Curry. That's the reason he gets those assists. And even the six points a game that he gets, that's because his man. Well, I mean, why do you think Steph's getting double teamed? It's because Steph's man is coming off of Draymond. I mean, I mean, Draymond's man is coming off of him. To go double Steph because they know he's a zero offensively. That's why he gets all the assists and points that he does. It's because of Steph. People have I've tried to discredit Steph by saying 
oh, Draymond and Steph are like this this duo, like they have the synergy between them, like they're uh, you know, like they bring the best out right. of each other. I hear people say that all the time. No, Draymond is a product of Steph. If Steph didn't have Draymond, Steph would still be one of the greatest players of all time. If Draymond didn't have Steph, Draymond would be a nobody. I mean, he'd be a solid defensive. He'd be a solid defensive player, but we would we, most be, a, a lot, casual NBA fans would not know his name. And that's all right. All right, let's uh, let's. <laughs> all right, Maxwell. I, Maxwell, <laughs> appreciate it as always. Fuck, and he is a regular call, so I do love the rant. Here, here is one thing I will say about about Draymond. He is he is one of the greatest screeners, uh, understanding of the game offensively. I think he's so limited at this point that it does hurt uh, the way Steph is. But he's also he's not a good defensive player, right? He's 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 legendary defensively, and we saw that last game on Anthony Davis, and he's been that way for for almost a decade here. So. Uh, hey, he's horrible offensively, but I don't think you you would play some revisionist history with that. He, he has been great. Uh, he's a Hall of Fame player. All right, let's keep moving. Nunia, what's up, man? Hey, I just had a, a. I mean, I think you know this game was disappointing, obviously, but my broader takeaway was that one, the play-in is really good, and two, the play-in makes the regular season matter. Ultimately, the reason the Warriors are not going to be in the playoffs is because they messed around for the first half of the season. If they had like not started Wiseman and not played Nico Mannion, they probably would have won more games in the early part of the regular season. They probably would have been the sixth seed or higher. Uh, and they wouldn't have, you know, been in the play in. Um, so I think, you know, if you, I think making the regular season matter is good and hopefully the Warriors will learn their lesson and, uh, um, I, I'm with you. I think um, this season felt a lot like uh, Kerr having to make adjustments for a team that's not, you know, going to win a cha- that's not favored to win a championship, right? And it's not Steve Kerr's fault, I think. But I think if he does that again next season, then it's really, really problematic. But I think he's finally understood, like, hey, you can't you can't fill Jackson your way through a season with a team that just actually needs you to make adjustments, game in, game out, night in, night out. You can't just sit in your chair and just watch talent win out. You can't, and they shouldn't be doing that next season. I, I agree with you there. You scared me, Sam. It. Um, I lost you. Okay. Sorry. Okay, we're good. We're good. No, I was, I was, um, I was working my microphone situation real quick. We're good. No more of that going forward. <laughs> um, I've been thinking about this. Was the plan good? Because the Warriors would have made the playoffs without the plan. And now they're out of the playoffs. Is that good for the NBA? Did it actually accomplish what they wanted? I think it's a fair well, question. Well, I guess the results does not accomplish what they want, want right, long-term. They want Steph to be in the postseason. But teams trying hard for the last two weeks of the season and and kind of the buzz that you got from those playing games, and I think is worth it. I think the result was good. Uh, I think Adam Silver is probably looking at that game and saying, I mean, the Warriors are favored by five to win tonight. They should have won. I, I don't know. If yeah, I agree, I agree, I agree with you Warriors there. Fault. You get, yeah. I do agree with you there. and. Yeah, the Grizzlies earned it. Somebody said it. Yeah, Andrea said it. We're gonna we're gonna have to we're gonna have to talk about this for the next few months. But what does this do for the Warriors going forward? Does this affect the way Steph looks? Does this put more pressure on the front office? Does this make Steph look elsewhere? Does are the Warriors still an attractive destination for teams? These are all questions we have to ask because the way they closed the season. I thought you could make a pretty strong case if you're a free agent. I'd like to go there. The way this ended now, let's be real. If you're in a, if you're another, if you're a free agent, you're like Steph's still the dude, and I don't know about anyone else going on over there. Well, well, here's what I would think. If I'm a guy that's looking at this team, I'm looking at all the open, open territory, open grass tonight, open court, and I'm going. I can make those shots. That's true. <laughs> I'm making. I like if I'm in, like I'm saying. Well, once Connor answer is not shooting, I'm taking those shots. I'm dropping 18, right? Like I'm looking at like Kelly Oubre probably sitting there, and he's not the right player for the Warriors, but he's sitting there tonight in his fucking whatever he's wearing a fishnet shirt, and he's sitting there and saying, "I probably could have dropped 30." Just looking, looking just <laughs> immaculate. You know, shout out Kelly Oubre. <laughs> he did gonna look good. miss. He did look good. Gonna miss that on the sidelines if he's not here next year. But yes, point stands. <laughs> uh, let's keep moving. Jackson, what's up, man? Oh, hey, yeah. I'm not going to rant tonight because I know y'all got a lot of people, but just a couple points I, I wanted to to bring up. Uh, is, uh, one, I just thought everyone, including the fan base, just was way too complacent about this game. I think they treated it as if 
the Grizzlies were like, a, this was a seven game series. When it's not, it's one game. This is March Madness, essentially. And guys like John Morant, Grayson Allen, um, Desmond Bain, Xavier Tillman just hit the big shots at the end and really stepped up. Two, I think, like it was already brought up by Nunya, um, or Nunya, that uh, this this was lost in the first 50 games of the season. Essentially, you shouldn't be uh, playing with one game uh, for, for your playoff lives. Like th- this is all in the front office. Um, and then I, what I hope is this is a silver li- the silver lining of all this. I hope is that this is a wake up call to the front office that you can have an all time great Steph Curry season. You can have Draymond Green, and you can still miss the playoffs. That that, that is not good enough. Like you can't you can't play around with Wiseman and Oubre and all them. That you have to actually do your work within the margins and get good players around them. Yeah. Um, and so that's the silver linings. I hope it wakes them up and makes them really aggressive and saying. You know, Draymond has to be your worst offensive player now in order to have a championship contender because that was exposed tonight. Um, Correct. He, it was exposed, like, even at that last pool turnover, Draymond had it wide open three, gave it to Poole, and put him in a bad spot. So, anyway, those are just my points, and I hope this is just a big slap in the face of the front office. Thanks, guys, for all your work this season. That's love. Jackson, I appreciate you. And, by the way, the show's not going away. We're going to still be potting on the regular. But man, it's weird they're not going to be playing starting next week. I don't, I don't know how else to put it. Uh, Steve, maybe Kerr we'll do like quote. after a game seven or something. Oh yeah, yes. Give, give us a Steve Kerr quote. <laughs> I just read that. On We're gonna have some guys coming back who are so much further along that they were in training camp. So our depth is going to improve. We have a lot of work to do this summer, but we're all excited. <laughs> Optimism. How do you feel about optimism right now? Uh, he did that for a reason, right? He knows people are angry. Um, I, I'm sure he's not of actually, actually optimistic, but um, but here, here's what I think about that. Zooming out yeah, a little I bit. I don't. No I one think, walks into their quarterly earnings report meeting when the numbers aren't good, saying, I, I you think, know, I'm, I'm happy with this. You're always like, we're on the verge. Next quarter going to be record. We're disrupting. We're disrupting. Uh, here's an. I think that. <laughs> I God, we've it. both been in sales too long. <laughs> I, I think um, there's a part of the, Jackson said it best, right? Like that type of mindset. While you say it out in the open, sounds cool. It has to go behind the scenes, though. Like that stuff has to go. I, I think behind the scenes, you can't feel that way about the team. You can't be like, "Hey, we're excited. We're going to come back stronger than ever because you know." These guys were great tonight. You look at the Florida night and you're like, dude, we need a lot more than what we had to win a title. Your goal is to win a title. Your goal is not to meet your goal is not to beat the Memphis Grizzlies tonight. Right? That that should be the bare minimum. Honestly, the bare minimum, they should have been a freaking seven seed or a six seed. Like that's what it should have been. But they ended up losing an elimination game. Um, so they're like that attitude, I hope, is not what they're taking into the offseason. Um, I think you agree, right? You I do. Um I need to see more than uh, deep thought. When, when things go well, when things go well, it's always like, and wait till Clay, every. I need more than when Clay comes back. That's what it really comes down to for me because I'm not ready for the spin cycle of just wait till Jordan Poole gets another off season of work and Clay comes back. Like, like it's a the goddamn San Francisco Giants. Like, I'm not into this right well, now. Now, 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 I could, you could argue, you know, you could argue Jordan Poole gets a lot better. Clay comes back. They put some bets together. Like, you could argue that's a pretty good team. But, like, if you think that way, I think that's how you lose, right? So, yeah. I, I think, like, you know, you got to be – all right, let's get some goons on. We can go all the way Yeah, let's go. Hey, Varun, what's up, man? Yeah, what's up? I just want to say, first off, I'm pretty confused because uh, Draymond was out there talking about he's a motherfucking dog on the broadcast, but – I didn't see a dog out there tonight, so that's my first thing. Going into the offseason, if you were the GM, what are the kind of specific moves you would make? Like, we've talked about it abstractly. Say you have, like, the sixth pick and the 14th pick, something like that. You can wheel and deal however you want. What are you going to do? That's a great question. Appreciate it, Varun. I think the LeBron. My, yes. <laughs> yes. Or, uh, or, or, or you know, send, send KD a uh, – uh, I don't know. What gift basket? Apologize. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. No, I, what they on on a on a serious note, they need to not proceed with the concept that if they just figure out the depth, yeah. they'll be okay. To me, 
there's only one player on this team who's untradeable. Uh, he wears number 30. Everything else is on the table. I think Andrew Wiggins has exceeded expectations at the Warriors, but I still view him like Harrison Barnes. Harrison Barnes is excellent for the Warriors, but when 35 said he wanted to come to the Bay, you're like, Harrison, bye-bye, you know? That's what I want to see them do. I don't want to see this BS like, oh, we just need to find a veteran center and develop guys. Be a little more aggressive than that. See what see what's out there for the Wolves pick and maybe a future pick and Wiggins. See if you can reshape the roster in one way or another. Um, they are limited with what they can do with cap space, so I don't want to pick on Wiggins here. It's just they don't have many other avenues to add players who make more than, you know, like a veterans minimum or a rookie deal at this point. So yep. it's not about trading Wiggins as much as it is. You're not trading Steph Curry. You're also not trading Clay Thompson because right now he's a net negative trade value anyway. Like he's worth way more to you than he would be on the open market. And you're probably not trading Draymond either. So you got to look at your ways to improve the roster and Wiggins is, Probably the only route to that, right? Yeah, I mean, I would take a long, hard look at uh, at, at Indiana. Like that's everything. The, that's that's well, everything. Yes, everything. Yes, but I think this offseason they didn't take a long, hard look at things, right? They said we're going to keep the number two pick. We're going to keep Wiggins because this is this is this is incredible talent, incredible potential, like all that stuff. I think this offseason, this is where you take a long, hard look and saying if they're not going, if they don't want Miles Turner, Malcolm Brogdon, I don't know. I don't know about the bonus, but. Some of those guys you take like those guys are not superstars, but they guys are, guys we're talking players. about who are not who are, yeah not superstars but better than waiver wire guys like objectively above average to borderline all star starters. Yes, yes, agreed. Like you put those two guys out there tonight, and <laughs> sure we can. I mean, like there's a there there are guys like that around the league. So all right, we'll keep moving. And they have and they have they have ammo for those guys. They should yeah. Hey, Colton, can you hear us from The Bachelor? Not that, Colton. <laughs> hey, how's it going, guys? I've never actually called in, but this feels kind of like the end of the year uh, yearbook signing going on right now. <laughs> uh, I just want to say I, I was so disappointed after the Lakers loss, like really down. And then I watched this one and expected to kind of feel the same way. But I just think we were dangerously close to having kind of a good ending to a shitty year and convincing ourselves that, you know, we could just add clay and everything would be good and we could make another push, you know, maybe beat a fake good team like Utah or the Suns looking at you, Andy, and uh, just convince ourselves that everything was good. So I'm kind of OK with this loss. I think it's kind of a wake up call. We can kind of move forward and make some some big uh, shakeups. I, like I think we all by the way, Colton, I think we all agree. We're ready for this team to do something different with the roster. Um, well, okay, I'll, I'll speak for myself first, Andy. How are you going to feel if they run it back? They sign like uh, I can't even think of who's like Jamichael Green on a vet on a on a mid level exception. They draft some guy at number seven, and they just run it back, strength in numbers. I can already see people leaving the room because they're disgusted <laughs> with it. <laughs> uh, if if you ran that team back and you told me that the Warriors tried to trade those picks, but it just didn't make sense, that I'm with you. But I, I just I, I find it realistic that the Warriors value those pieces more than other teams do, and that's why it makes it so difficult for me to like. For I think for people to imagine, like if you're talking about the shakeup, where, like where, right? You keep throwing that out there, but where? But what we're saying is you got to at least try. And I don't know how hard they try to actually move from, let's say, for example, from number two to number six, get another pick or get a player. Right. And like that, those type of moves, I don't think they're willing to do that. And, and that moves it forward to saying what your point is. If you have the fifth pick, let's say you have a shot at Jalen Green. You shouldn't be drafting him or you should be just trading. Like you can't have two guys that are projects. Right. Um, then trade them because that, that kid's talented. Incredible. But yes. Yeah. That's what I would do. Like, but again, like you got to think, you got to think about it at least, at least I'm not saying I would do it, but you got to think about that and saying, well, that guy's super talented. You know who else thinks that guy's super talented, right? Um, Toronto. And then who can you get off Toronto or Miami and who can you, like, like, or whatever team out there that's say, also saying, well, Jalen Green's freaking talented, right? Then get a good freaking player uh, from that team. Cause you already have Wiseman. And as far as I'm concerned, he's only going to be playing 10, 15 minutes a game this season. 
Jaron Jackson even closed tonight. And he's not closing. Even though he's coming by James Wiseman, same thing next season. He's not closing. Like 10 minutes a game. I hear you. I'm with you. Saeed, what's up, my man? What up? What up? Wow. What a shitty ending. You know what I'm going to be happy for <laughs> when I see those ratings the lowest ever since the Warriors <laughs> last played? That's going to make me real happy. You see viewership down. Nobody want to watch the NBA anymore. Yeah, you guys, they, they <laughs> fucked up. Anyway, Steph had, a, Steph had an awesome season. Uh, pool emergence was great. I just, uh, who's going to get canned first in the front office? Is it going to be somebody in the front office or are we going to hear some cur ramblings? What do you guys think? What's going to happen this offseason? I got a prediction. Ooh, Zan, we, do we want to go, go there right now? Yeah, yeah. yeah let, let's hear your prediction first because I have, I have almost too many thoughts in my head. I, okay, I'll go quick. I, I think I think Seth and Draymond are, are going to ask for an office to do something. I don't know if it comes out in an article. I don't think they're. I don't think they're like the clutch type. Actually, Draymond literally is. But I don't think I don't think they're the type to leak it everywhere and then have it have it go all public and stuff. But I think there's going to be enough uh, kind of push from Steph and Draymond behind the scenes to say, hey, you got to make a move. You can't do what you did this offseason. I think Steph sat back and said, it makes sense. With Clay gone and, and just kind of midway through the offseason, like there's nothing you guys can do. Okay, I, I, I do it. agree with you. There, there was a there's a level of, um, you know, I understand Clay gets hurt right before camp starts. I what you know, like I'm I'm not uh, I'm not gonna be unfair to you. What are you gonna do? But now now it's like all right, I need more. I need a little more out of you guys. I need a little more. We have too long a list. All right, Armin. <laughs> hey, Armin, what's up, man? Hey, so I have a question about the actual game. Um, I understand yeah, when other it. people when other people cheat off Draymond, it's because he's he's not a threat uh, whatsoever. But like, even the little bit of a threat he is, you make the trade off because it's worth it to go double Steph, right? Because Steph is so good. But us just not guarding John Morant outside, like I I get it. He's like not a good outside shooter. But I mean, like, who are you cheating off of him to go double? Like, what what was the point in not putting Wiggins on their most dangerous player at all times, and cheating off of him to go double who Dylan Brooks? Like, what what was the point in not guarding him? Hey, that's a great question. Honestly, I don't actually have a problem with the way the Warriors guarded John Morant. John Morant hit what five threes tonight, Andy? John Morant's a 30% three-point shooter on low volume. He's not a good shooter. That's like it's like it's you said it earlier. It's like when Russ goes nuts from deep. Sometimes you just gotta deal with it. There were a lot of other issues ahead of the Warriors defensively than the way they guarded John. Yeah, here's my push. Actually, yeah. the bigger issue is more like with the Warriors with turnovers, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. But correct. But here's my pushback on that, even if it's not a huge change. I think it's a one game. The rub on Kerr is always, and this is known, is he doesn't make quick adjustments. His adjustments are either between game, between series, or he just doesn't make them. He's willing to live and die, right? And again, it worked in the first game, so it's, it is uh, uh, objectively a good strategy. The thing is, sometimes things aren't going to work in 48 minutes. Sometimes you've got to change it up. Right. Like sometimes you got to play stuff more than two minutes a game in, in game 15. So maybe if you win three more games, you're not playing for the playing game. Right. That type of stuff tonight. Maybe you change it up. You see that he made three threes in the first quarter. Maybe you just change it up and see what happens. So I think he's kind of got a point. The guy doesn't make quick adjustments. Maybe you do tonight. Maybe it would have worked. But whatever he did tonight, didn't. Right? At least against John Ryan. Agreed. Omar, what's up, man? What's up, Sam? The app crashed out, but you can hear me, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, we're all good. All right. First of all, I just wanted to say shout out to Light Years. You guys were called trolls. They, they were, you know, snickering, laughing about you guys. But turns out you're prophets after all, because this is some bullshit. <laughs> um, moving forward, um, a couple of quick notes. Mm -hmm. First, one thing that I've been frustrated at this season is you know, we like going back to the 2019 finals, one of the most frustrating watching experiences I've ever had until now, really. Teams will sell out on Steph and we have no way to punish them. It's looked better over the past couple of months when Steph went full Michael Jordan. But it's not that there's any adjustment that we've made. It's not that we're punishing them in any real way. It's just that Steph is fucking figuring the shit out on his own, doing like some complex, you know, geometry and finding a way to score. And we keep running this, you know, Draymond, Steph, pick and roll. As someone else said, you know, the person will, uh, the defender will sell out and just come and trap Steph anyway. And I'm wondering, you know, we have Wiggins and we have Poole. Um, you know, not the most, like, they're not KD, they're not Clay, But 
I, I just look at these guys and I'm like, why are you not more involved? And why is the coach not getting you more involved? And it's frustrating to me because Draymond is not that guy. And that play is the most, you know, storied play over the last five years. Like there's so much tape on it and it's just extremely frustrating. And then a last quick take. We keep talking about, you know, all these picks and all these, uh, you know, tools that we have. How are we going to use them? My take on this is simple. If I see anybody who's like not an old enough to have a kid without, you know, giving them a sideways look on the roster next year, that's bullshit. Like, I am not down to be sold on any, you know, Wiseman growing up. Like, ooh, look at Moses Moody and, you know, Corey Kispert or whatever. Like, that, the time for that is over. Um, I just want some, Moses you know, Moody. Some, real play, some real players. That's what I need. Omar, I agree with you. I, I This team needs to have a little more urgency. Like, I, Steph just put together an amazing season, 32 points per game. 37 a game for like the last third of the season. You you got to go for it when you have a guy like that on your roster. Like what is this like building for 2015 BS? You know, like you got to go for it when you have a guy like that on your roster. We've right? made this point repeatedly, Sam. This is this is the mantra of Light Years podcast. You know how many Steph Curry's you get in in a, in a generation? Zero. The Warriors got lucky. They got one. <laughs> you get one LeBron James. You get you get one Kevin Durant. Like you get these guys, you get one of these guys and, and Kevin Durant didn't even stay on the team. Neither did LeBron. So what we're talking about is you get one of these guys, maybe every three generations, right? The Warriors have won. So you, you try to win with that guy as much as you can, because as far as I'm concerned, Kate Cunningham's awesome. He's not going to be half a Steph Curry. Neither is Chet Holmgren, right? Or Moni Bates or any of these guys for the next five years. Luka Doncic, honestly, it's awesome. He's not half a Steph Curry. And also, they don't have Luca. So your your point stands. Like that's that's the other thing. Like maybe we, <laughs> yeah. maybe yeah. we can talk yeah, right, about right. this when you actually have a guy of that caliber. Yeah. But right. right, you know, you're right. All right, let's keep moving. <laughs> maybe they had Lamelo. Just kidding. Antonio. Antonio, what's up, y'all? Um, I was gonna say yeah. Thanks for being on this year. I'd be hella pissed after the game. Just you know, if we. When we lose, it's good to like hear everybody else pissed too. It makes you feel better. Anyway, <laughs> I think this game was on like this. This was very indicative of the team because like they're playing trash, they're doing some dumb decisions, they just weren't making shots. But like they they do have like heart, you know what I'm saying? And then they got down to a tie game, and they had they they should have took a timeout. Like we all know, Kerr's good at out of timeout stuff, and you're gonna double Steph, right? And just get the ball in the front court. Like, I don't understand why he didn't do that. Like, lately in, in overtime, they got that great shot for Poole. And I don't get why he didn't do that. And also, I agree. It's like, I get your game plan for John Morant. But when I'm hooping, right, if my homie that can't shoot, he makes two, I'm going to at least put my hand up. Like, you don't have to totally sell out. I don't feel like they were even putting their hands up. It really just made no sense, that no angle adjustment. But the one bright side, I guess, was uh, Poole, who was second best player on the court, which was as a fan, it's really cool, but I was also like, damn, this dude's your second best player on the court. But he, I think he kind of put them into overtime. Like, he kind of carried them into overtime with some of the plays that he was making, just putting his leg out. Like, even when he hit the Michigan game winner, he put his leg out just in case. Um, and that, that lob to Wiggins and, and getting that N1 on Valentinus, I just, I was really impressed with him. So that was like the one good thing. Antonio, appreciate that. I'm going to give you a little fun, fun thing. Statistically, Poole shoots like twenty five percent when he kicks the leg out. Like, I have the numbers in front of me. It's it's kind of funny, but it worked tonight. So Wait, are you? He probably shouldn't be doing. It. You can't be serious. Right now, yeah, I'll, I'll, can you serious? I am. I am. I am. I am serious. But anyway, we'll go. Wait, we'll go with it another what? time. <laughs> Poole's. Okay, I mean, come on, man. No one. No one shoots better from that position. But anyway, we'll keep moving. Mike Davis, what up, man? What up, guys? How you doing? I can't get over it. Hey, Mike. Hey, um, still a loyal member of the Church of Steph. Can I get an amen from the congregation? Um, He was uh, super special this year. I hope he's MVP. I know it's going to be hard for him to get it, but, um, man, watching that dude every night has been a treat. And, um, you know, can't say any more about him than anybody else can, but he's just been great. Um, there's a couple of weeks ago, I asked you guys, you know, like, did these guys deserve to make the playoffs or even the play in? And I think you guys were kind of like, no, no way. You know, like 
they've been so inconsistent all year. I, I think uh, I was with you, Sam. You know, when Draymond hit that, when he didn't hit that shot at the end, I, I laughed like you too. I mean, because that's just who he is. And uh, he's gonna, he's gonna, that's gonna hunt him for, for years to come. He, he should have went for the dunk or maybe tried to get the foul or something. I don't, I, I just don't know what he's gonna up, Go up harder right there. Yeah. What, yeah. What, what are we doing? Like, yeah. If the game's on the line, you, you, you could have won it right then and there. Uh, you know, Wiggins wasn't actually in the best position to get the ball. So if he was trying to pass it to him, that, that he wasn't ever gonna get it. But, um, he he could have been a hero there, and and we could be going to Utah, but I'm I'm they just been inconsistent all year. So I think tonight didn't really surprise me. Um, and then you know for all the people that say, hey, yeah, we can't wait till Clay comes back. You know, it, forty-one turnovers for the past two games. Clay, I don't think Clay could help that. I don't think Clay could. You know, I don't think he could do anything to help that. I'd like to know like the total amount of turnovers that these guys have had all season long. Cause I think that's what's killed us. So now that I've like calmed that Mike, appreciate the call. Now that I've calmed down on it, like the turnovers are exactly what you expect in the playoffs, which is they're predictable. Their offense is predictable. If the, you get the ball out of Steph's hands, it's just all they're trying to do is find Steph the whole time, you know? There, there's no one else that they trust to create any sort of offense on this team. Draymond's not creating offense for others. Uh, Jordan Poole is getting there, but they don't trust him to do it at this point. And it's, I mean, they do need <laughs> to find another playmaker, period. Yep. Yep. Here's how Clay helps, though, with, with the turnovers. Instead of guys forcing plays into the teeth of the defense, you just cook it out, you kick it out to Clay, and Clay's not turning the ball over because he's shooting it. Like, he's got the quickest trigger finger in the NBA. Um, and if he's not, if he's not guarded, you're going to be very happy with that shot every time. Right. Right. Even if he is guarded, to be honest. Yeah. (laughs) Not saying, not saying that solves all problems, but like, like there is, we, we make fun of a lot, a lot of this. Clay's going to solve everything, but you know, he is, he is, he is going to solve 50% of the problems. but then it's, what do you do with the other 50%? Because you're trying to build a championship team. If your goal is to build a second round team next season, then I'm with you. Like we're with people, we're with the Warriors, right? Cool. Clay solves it. Now you're a second round team, but that's not your goal. That's not what should be your goal um, with this team. By the way, I just it just hit me again that Steph, after what he did this week, and he played 45 minutes or whatever tonight. Sam, the guy's 33 years old. He didn't look that tired out there at the end. It's incredible, just incredible endurance for a guy that just he's six three. He's getting beat up all game, getting fouled. Right, doesn't really shoot free throws. He's uh he's playing defense, playing offense. Got five fouls switching playing off ball like all that stuff and he's just he's look looks he looks fresh by the end of the game that stuff is crazy it's incredible just an unbelievable athlete not much else you can say yeah the right, keep moving. we're gonna bring on luke luke what's up man hey boys how are you eh, hello, what you gonna say hello oh mate i'm just yeah I don't think I've been as down as I have all season after that, but what can I say? I mean, you guys predicted it for the last, what, six, seven fucking months that this, this team wasn't good enough, and now we, now everyone's analysing the game what went wrong. What went wrong was the fucking start of the season, but we're not going to talk about that again. But did you guys see that fucking stat saying that he's the first MVP finalist not to make the playoffs in 40 years? How fucking disgraceful <laughs> is that? That is wow. fucking disgraceful. Tec- hey, techni- technically he made the playoffs. The plan oh, wasn't, yeah. but yes, yeah, the point, okay. the points, wow. the points stands, Mate, the points stands. That's wow. like, like I, I love, I love how everyone in the post games talking about, like Steve Kerr says, oh, the, the season's a success. How fucking dare you say that when Joe Lacob went on first take at the start of the season? Oh, we're going to be a fucking dangerous playoff team. Oh, we got Kelly. Oh, we're all going to be all good. Where's all the talk now? Now's less time. Now it's time to get serious about what's going on here because. I don't want to watch. I'm sure everyone in the locker room chatting right now wants to see, doesn't want to see that week in week out now, where one guy is getting fucking triple team and he can't pass the fucking ball because his second best player can't score. I love Draymond. I always love Draymond, but mate, it's beyond a fucking joke now. <laughs> like, I think you guys agree. Like, 
we've got to get serious about what's moving forward here in these exit interviews over the next couple of days. Like, what what are we what are we going to do here? Like, is it gonna are we going to go all in? Or are we going to go out? Shit or get off the pot. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't fuck around now because now the poor kid, poor Steph, is going to get fucking clowned on Twitter. We're, all of us are going to have to defend him. Someone needs to get in his ear and go, yeah, man, you're too good for this shit because <laughs> it broke my heart watching him tonight, mate. He put everything in, he put everything into his heart and soul on that thing tonight. It's just fucking, mate. I don't know. Yeah, I just, I'm so fucking annoyed about it, man. Just so, you know, like, it's not good enough. Like, it's just it's unacceptable what we're doing here. Like, you know, we took the Lakers to like the last, even though they were bad, we took them to the last, you know, second. But, you know, like, and sorry, I'm just random. I'm just pissed off. But anyway, I just wanted to say, this is going to be the last locker room. I appreciate what you guys do. You guys are fucking legends. Everyone in the locker room chats fucking legends. Let's keep it all going. Let's keep it good. But you guys are legends. Cheers, boys. Luke, appreciate you. Great stuff. Just to be clear, we're going to still keep the locker room chats going. And pods coming out in the regular, just they're not going to be game pods anymore. So <laughs> we'll keep right. it going. They'll be a little more planned. Andy might get some sleep every now and then. It's going to be a lot better that way. Look, I'm keep not Steve Currying it. Yeah, yeah. All right? I'm not happy the season's over. No, you're not. I always enjoy new callers. All right, here we go, Joe. I do too. Juwan, what's up, man? <laughs> I'm not going to get on here and yell and scream. I did that enough on Twitter. I'm Good still enough. pissed the fuck off about that missed layup by Draymond Green. That that layup is going to bother me for the rest of until next year starts. But I think that was this insane. game overall insane. is my biggest problem with Draymond. Like People shit on Wiggins, but Wiggins game in, game out, you know what you're going to get out of him. About 15 points, couple rebounds, couple assists. Draymond, his swinging in terms of having great games and his bad games, he had six turnovers today, wasn't a threat offensively, and he just was out there standing around on offense. It killed the momentum of this game. It, it killed it. And then he finally woke up in the end of the fourth towards overtime, and, you know, it was a ball game. But that, that it bothers me. Um, I'm going to push back on the on – the, uh, that we can't compete next year. I think if you think Poole and Wiseman are players, the team 100% could be a championship contender next year with them. If you don't, then I think you obviously have to make changes. Because if you have Poole and Wiseman, they take a step. That's – Four guys who could average at least 15 points a game. Well, Wiseman might not be able to create his own shot, but he can get a bucket, right? So I think that's four guys with 15 points a game that are threats. I think that's something you can build off of. You have to get better within uh, margins. You know, like your your eighth, ninth man, you have to improve there. But those my just two cents. I think that's what the offseason is going to come down to is where do they think Wiseman and Poole fall? And that's going to dictate what direction they take. Appreciate you, boys. Joanna, I agree, with you. I agree with you on the big picture. They they do have the ability to create a team that can compete next year. It's a question of if they can figure it out in the process. Andy, I got something for you. You ready for this? Is it going to be another crazy Jordan Poole stat? Because I don't know where you pulled that out, but that was no, 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 no. Incredible. Kent Bazemore said Steph had a hairline fracture on his tailbone. What? Warriors have been calling it a contusion for the last couple months. Steph, God, God bless Steph. He's not coming out with a cast. He's talking about how he has a broken hand in press conferences. He has Kent Bazemore going out there saying his ass has been split in half. That's that's how you get it done, guys. You got to have someone shit. else running your propaganda for you. I don't know. Oh I don't know how God. true it is. But that's what <laughs> Kent Bazemore said. Hey, 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 listen, listen. Not been a fan of Kent Bazemore that much this season. But he's now my favorite player. He's my favorite player. Like it's him and Steph. No, but see, that's that's incredible. That's not surprising ba- though, right? Bazemore, Bazemore making sure he's got a contract next year. My guy. <laughs> this is how. Yeah. This is someone. You know what? Smiley's got to go. You know what? Bazemore doesn't need to play thirty minutes next year, but he needs a roster spot. <laughs> hey, 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 does, Bazemore does deserve a roster spot. Uh, to be know, to be fair, you, Bazemore you is a, a Bazemore is. A fine rotation player. They're just, I mean, everything about this Warriors roster has been asking guys to do too much, you know, the whole year. He, so he, here's, here's, a, hey, let's get back to the quote because that, that is an insane. I'm shocked. Um, I don't know if Steph wanted people to know that. Like, as far as we know, when Steph was hurt in 2016, 
he didn't want to let on that his MCL was hurt. I think Steph has always been kind of an old school, old school guy. Um, and, and he's really been, if I'm hurt, I'm hurt. I'm not saying anything to anyone. I'm going to play through it, right? He's of that Kobe, MJ type of guy where he's just, by the way, just to be, just to be, just to be clear, he ended the quote with, he'll never let you know what he's feeling. That's crazy. And is that true? So is it confirmed, Sam? Is it really? Is he really? So he said it or is it? He just, he said that, right? It's confirmed that Kent Bazemore said that. It is not confirmed that that's a scientific diagnosis, just to be clear. Yeah, unlike, you know, he's he's just like every other Twitter doctor who's telling everyone, you know, what they need to do. So <laughs> I don't know. Um, I, I think it, it, talk talk about it's crazy. It's crazy. Anyway, keep going. I, I cut you off. Right, we'll, get some, we'll get some more people up here. Sean, what's up, man? What's up, guys? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. What's up, man? Uh, so I'm trying to take in, you know, a neutral approach on this. Um, I love Steph. He's the best player of all time, in my opinion. I fucking love the guy. He just wins. Um, but I'm just I'm bummed out about the front office, man. I'm I'm bummed out about the team they put together. Like, you know, you can say whatever you want about Kent Bazemore. He shot what 38 percent from three this year, but he shouldn't be a guy getting 35 minutes a game. That's just unacceptable. Um, love pool, but I, I, I think you got to sell the farm for a guy like Bradley Beal. You, you got to, you got to get a Kawhi. You got to get someone in there. Um, I, I just, you, you can't have a guy like Steph who is legitimately a top three player in the NBA and he ain't three or two and you can't fucking surround him with talent. It's just unacceptable to me. Sean, this is, this is great, the goddamn great energy call. I need. This great is call. By the way, we, we 100% agree with you and, I don't know how Andy feels. I have a lot of thoughts I need to organize before we put out some pods like going into next year. But like my, my overwhelming take was you wasted, you wasted a season of one of like the five best players I've probably seen in my lifetime offensively. Like I've watched basketball since Michael Jordan. Uh, I'm not going to pretend I watched the magic bird era. So I'm going to be real with you guys. Like Jordan's first three-peat on is my collective consciousness of basketball. The only players I've ever seen who dominate a game, who affect a defense the way that Steph Curry does, it's like Michael Jordan, Shaquille O'Neal, LeBron James. That's really it. Everyone else, I just don't see guys take get triple teams and, and affect schemes like that. So to watch Steph do what he did, in what is the back half of his prime? I think Steph can probably be productive into his mid thirties beyond 35, but like end of the day, you gotta be realistic about it, right? Like how many more years do you have in him? Hey, so hey, 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 hey. it is, it, you know, it is weak to watch the way this season went down. And there's a lot of circumstances. Can't blame anyone for Clay's injury. Sometimes you get dealt a bad hand that way, but the whole time I'm sitting here going, dude, Jordan Poole's in his second year. He's figuring out how to play in the NBA, and he's probably the second best player on the roster. Andrew Wiggins is what he is. Like guys like Juan Toscano Anderson, great stories, but like you're playing JTA who didn't have a full contract until two weeks ago, 30 minutes, you know? <laughs> and and here and here's the thing, when you talk about margin plays, and you talk about margin plays, they had a disabled player exception for nine million that they could have used on someone. And I'm not talking about used it the week before. It expired. You could have used that weeks and months before. How about that Kelly Oubre trade that got forward for Danny Green? I wasn't a fan of it, but if you think that Danny Green's a good 3 and D guy, you probably want Danny Green on the team then, right? And then maybe you keep him moving forward. Like, you're not going to keep Kelly Oubre moving forward. They probably knew that already. Then why is he still on the team? Like, these things aren't going to win you. Like, they're not, they're not as important as getting back Clay Thompson, but in terms of margin plays, they're pretty damn important. Like, some of the reasons why you know, Toronto won a championship. You know, the Lakers have Alex Caruso, who's who's great developmental-wise. It's a great story for them. Like, these guys that they develop and these role players, they're important. The Warriors know this. The Warriors know this. And so you have to figure out and use everything possible. Use all the resources possible. I'm not saying that trading Kelly Oubre for Danny Green brings you a championship. But goddamn, that's probably the move you should have made. Right? And, and that's just something that was thrown out there as a rumor. So I'm just, I'm just kind of... 
you know, just saying yeah, that I, I, as an I'm example, not buying, right? I'm not buying that one was ever right, on the table. Right, right. But yes, but right, I, right. I do understand what you're saying. It's like, it, it does feel like this team misses on the margins more than other teams. And that's, that's frustrating. You can miss on the margins when you have Kevin Durant with Steph Curry and Klay Thompson, Draymond Green. When you're kind of just a, a normal team who has one transcendent player, you can't miss on the margins as much. Yep. Yep. You got to be a little better in the margin. And, and quite frankly, you shouldn't miss on the margins. You have better players either. It's just better players can hide it, you know? So. Uh, correct. Uh, we'll there's a Draymond moving. Green quote here. Okay. Yeah. Get, get, get to the next person. Oh, where, where's the Draymond Green quote? Uh, so Draymond on his involvement on, by oh. the way, thanks guys. Thanks guys for posting it. I'll read it out for you. I expect um, so Draymond, to be extremely involved. Yep. That's just the way it's got to be. You know what? I'm okay with Draymond G Draymond or sorry, GM Draymond, not Draymond GM. Well, same thing. But to be honest, um they do need a little pressure. And you know what? I'm okay with Draymond's gonna be bad cop out there. Someone's gotta do it. Someone's got to someone's gotta be up in the front office's face being like, You don't make a move, I'm gonna request a fucking trade. You know? It, someone's got to do it. Someone's got to do just, it. Just, just don't have them, you know, bring in Jacob Evans, right? We're okay. We're, you know, don't have them draft a player. But in terms of putting a fire under people's asses, is there anybody better than Draymond? Is there anybody better than 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 that? So I, I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah, I like to think it's all three of the core players, but we'll, we'll keep moving. Couple more callers. <laughs> We've got a long list here. We're not getting everyone tonight. Chris, what's up, man? Hey, man, what's good? What's good? This is my second time here. I'm a big fan of the podcast. Oh, uh, so I have a question for you guys. Realistically, what what do you think the front office is gonna do next year? Because I can literally see them bringing back Clay, and I think you said um, um maybe bring a guy like Jermichael Green, and that's it. Right. That's the like I can actually see them doing that, and not actually like improve the roster. So realistically, what do you two think, Zach, Sam, and Andy, what do you actually think they're going to do uh, for the roster next year? Chris, I appreciate the call. That's a great question. We're going to get into this more in the offseason. I think they got to be more aggressive with, with the picks, honestly. Let's see what they can get. Let's see what they can get for James Wiseman. Let's see what they can get for the Wolves pick. Um, they don't have a lot of other avenues. Like They, they don't have like 40 million cap space where they can be like, let's sign this guy and that guy. And use an exception here. It's got to be trades. It's got to be picks. Yep. I appreciate the Re- question. We've we've gone it over it a lot in the last podcast. So appreciate everyone who called in tonight. Uh, let, let's let, end let, it me, let me let me go let me go real quick, Sam. Before we get out of uh-huh. here, because this is our last post game locker room, and, and maybe you can help me out and, and head on a yeah. little bit here. Um, what Sam and I try to do um, is we try to give you our honest thoughts. They may be wrong. They may be right. It doesn't matter. But we try to give it to you from a fan perspective and from just, I mean, just any media analyst perspective, right, as best we can. We don't have those relationships to maintain. At least I don't. (laughs) Sam might. But we just try to give the honest. And so I don't blame the media if they are saying some of the stuff they do because they need to protect that. So that's my take. And I think moving forward from now on, I think Sam and I are going to throw another podcast to give our closing season thoughts and all of that. We try to tell you as best we can how we genuinely feel. Sometimes I think media doesn't do that. That's where we help fill in the gaps. Yeah, I mean, I, I really don't have too much to say. Andy could not have said it more perfectly there. Um, I w- I'm not criticizing anyone else. I think most of the coverage has been phenomenal. Um, we feel like we need to give a voice to the fans who don't always get to express themselves right the way they want to we're both fans at heart that's our starting point we understand how everyone feels it's going to start from there and then we're going to move forward love it there All you right. go we appreciate we appreciate everyone here we're going to be you know what we're going to be back on locker room at some point next week yep. um we'll let you know it's going to be weird doing this without a game but you know what it, it might even be more fun might be a little more fun when we get a little dream on leak a little let's discuss Draymond telling Bob trade for Pascal Siakam or I'm out. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Good season. Good season. We'll see you guys soon. I love it. Thanks, everyone.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.